and welcome to Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. I'm Jen Setrauer, and this is a podcast all about navigating life in your 20s. Here we have a lot of fun as we discuss what it's like to follow God into the somewhat daunting phase of life called adulthood. I have by no means mastered the sacred art of adulting, but I have plenty of wisdom and funny stories to share about how I have stumbled through this phase of my life. You're listening to Jen's Guide to Being a Grown-Up. Class is now in session. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I hope you are having a fabulous week. I am for sure. And there's just something about today. I've just been feeling the presence of the Lord all day long, and I'm just so overwhelmed by His goodness. And Um, it's just a really good day. So I'm so glad you're joining me today on this podcast. And today is Jen's guide to just going for it. But before we get into the episode, I always love to start each podcast off by talking about what I'm loving this week. And so what I'm loving this week was the vacation I had last week with my family. Um, it left me with lots of very fun memories So I go to St. Augustine every summer with my family. Um, It's been a family tradition since we were young. And I remember just really enjoying St. Augustine when I was a little kid because there's a lot of historical landmarks there. It's maybe one of the oldest cities in America, if not the oldest city. Um, So I remember loving going there when I was a kid, just really looking forward to touring the lighthouse and looking at all of the historical sites and just enjoying family time. And so I love St. Augustine and I just always love going there with my family. But um, so St. Augustine is on the East Coast and that is the only coast I had ever visited until about a couple of years ago. I started um, going to the Gulf for vacations with friends and I recognize that there is a huge difference between the East Coast and the Gulf. The Gulf is beautiful and clear and calm waves and water and you can normally see the water beneath you and see if there's any critters there. Well, when you're on the East Coast, (laughs) the waters are very murky and dark. And if you're a surfer, which I am not, um, if you're a surfer, I feel like the East Coast is um, the place for you because you're more likely to have really big, harsh waves. Well, um, one thing that I'm always afraid of whenever I go to the beach at St. Augustine is sharks. I'm always afraid that I'm going to get bit or eaten by a shark. And it makes me really stressed out whenever I go out far in the water. Um, but this year I encountered a, an animal that I did not expect. You know, I was on the lookout for sharks, but what I encountered this trip was a snake. It was terrifying. And I will tell you the story now. So one evening, me and my friend who was like a sister, Haley, we had gone out to get food for everybody. And we came back to our condo with um, lots of bags of our takeout food. And we were walking around a corner into the elevator that would take us up to the second floor where our condo was. And I get into the elevator when all of a sudden my friend Haley shrieks at the top of her lungs. 
I panic. I think there's either a spider or a murderer in this elevator. (laughs) And so without even thinking about it, I jump out of the elevator and run about a hundred yards away to the nearest parking lot. And Haley comes after me and I said, what, what was it? And she said, there was a snake in that elevator and you just stepped on it with your shoes and it leapt up in between your ankles. And guys, I'm pretty embarrassed that I didn't even see any of that happen. (laughs) Well, we go on to go upstairs and eat our dinner a little bit shaken up. And a few hours later, when we're about to go to sleep, I, I remember the snake and I say, well, Haley, what? how big was the snake? Was it like a little black garden snake? And she's like, Jen, (laughs) Jen, Jen, Jen. No, it was actually a huge snake. It was orange and yellow and it was really long, like a couple of yards and very thick. And it had been coiled up in the corner right beside the elevator with its tail sticking out. So whenever I went to go inside the elevator, I stepped on its tail and it uncoiled and kind of lashed at me. And I, I don't know, it's by the grace of God that I didn't get bitten or anything, but, um, the most embarrassing part about it to me is that I wasn't looking where I was going and I didn't even feel it. Um, I was wearing these really, really chunky sandals <laughs> or platforms. So there would have been no way for me to have felt the snake, but she said it, it just slithered off. So we think that it survived, <laughs> it survived my attack. So, um, that's that. So another fun story from my family vacation um, was my precious niece, Kennedy. She is about to be three this October, and I call her my mini-me because she is exactly like me as a three-year-old. And she's got a new trick she's learned. She's recently started posing for pictures because before she was not very into taking pictures and her mom is a photographer, Um, but now she's gotten into posing. And just in general, there's a trick you can get her to do now. You can say, hey, Kennedy, give me thumbs up. And she scrunches up her shoulders and squints her little eyes kind of in a wink and holds up her two thumbs. But (laughs) she sometimes has a hard time getting the rest of her fingers down. So it's kind of like guns at first. And then she pushes the middle finger or not the middle fingers, the pointer fingers down and makes it (laughs) into thumbs up. And it is the cutest thing I have ever seen in my whole entire life. I just cannot get enough of her. So that was family vacation and it left me with a very full heart and I am looking forward to it next year. Um, So it's something I look forward to every single summer. Now, today's episode is about going for it. Jen's guide to just going for it. So Um, When I was thinking about this topic, I was just thinking about young Jen. I was actually driving back home from the beach the other day, and I was just pondering this topic, and I was thinking, if I could tell 18-year-old Jen one thing, what would it be? And I thought, you know what? I would tell her to just go for it. 
And so there's a couple of different areas I'm going to talk about just going for it in that pertains to me personally, but I want you to hear this as an encouragement for yourself. And just as I'm talking about these different experiences, maybe think about what area in your life do you need to just go for it? Okay. So the first thing that I think about is whenever I got into college and I was in my early twenties, I remember I was obsessed with worship music and I still am. Um, but I just, I spent countless hours listening to the international house of prayer, prayer room, just listening to those worship artists and listening to the songs they uh, put out specifically Misty Edwards and Corey Asbury. And I was just so, I was just so inspired by the way they wrote songs for the Lord. And, um, there was a time that I used to just turn on Jesus culture CDs all the time when I would have my worship, uh, worship and quiet time with the Lord. And I would just play the CD through and I, I knew every word to every song. I knew every spontaneous, uh, worship moment by heart. And there came a point where I was just kind of like, I had gone as far as you could go with a CD. And I remember thinking like, I want to be able to actually take this further. Like if I want to worship the Lord with a song, I don't want to just stop with this three minute track. I want to be able to worship with this song on my own. So I decided to learn how to play the piano. And, um, I taught myself using like a little Yamaha book that had pictures of the chords and stuff. And so I taught myself over about a year, just how to play the basic chords and all of the easy keys. But that was like the first time I just went for it with something. But at that same time, I also had this desire in my heart to write songs. And I remember I never would just do it because I thought, you know what? You have to be really talented and really gifted and anointed to be able to write songs for God. So I never really even tried. Um... And if I could tell, if I could go back in time and tell that young Jen Zetrauer anything, I would say, just start writing songs. Like nobody has to have told you that you were going to be a songwriter. If it's, if it's a desire in your heart, just do it. So, um, whenever I got into the ramp school of ministry, I remember there was a day in my first year of school where I was just thinking about songwriting and how badly I wanted to do it. And I had this thought, I started to think about Brian and Jen Johnson from Bethel, how they're the heads of the worship department there. And I just started to think about them as young adults. I started to think of what they must have been like when they were my age. And I started thinking, you know what? They started out as beginners once too. And now they're writing songs that are changing the world and that thousands of people all over the world are singing. And at one time they were just beginners too. I started to think about Corey Asbury and Misty Edwards and all of those worship artists that I really, um, 
gleaned from in my early 20s. And I just started thinking, you know what? They were my age once and maybe nobody even prophesied over them that they were going to do this. Maybe they just had it in their hearts to do it and they just tried it and practiced until they got better. And so from that moment on, I started writing songs and I have leaders in my life that I got to start writing songs with too. And I was given a lot of opportunities to write with some really amazing people. And, you know, some of the songs they were like, Jen, this is awesome. Some of them, they were like, Jen, take that back to the drawing board and start again. Just through that experience, I just learned like, I didn't need to wait around for anybody to say, you know what, Jen, you're talented. You need to do this. I, and I didn't have to wait for anyone to say, you know what, you're special and you're called to be a songwriter. I just knew that I had it in me. Um, I had a spark for it and a teeny, teeny, tiny bit of talent for it. And I just went for it. And now I feel like I'm right in the middle of the process with it. Like I haven't put any of my original songs out there yet. And I'm still working on that in the secret place um, and just trying to grow and develop that craft. But I decided decided to just go for it. And who knows where the Lord is going to take me with songwriting one day in the future. Another area that I think about this whole process of just go for it is with the area of art. So I think I might've mentioned this before on another podcast, but when I was growing up, I loved art. I loved it so much. Um, my whole life, my bedroom was full of just stacks of computer paper with sketches and doodles and little weird crafts just making messes in every corner of my room. Um, and I never wanted to throw any of it away because it was all my portfolio. So I've always loved art. I do remember when I was in elementary school, um, somehow I got into gifted art when I was like maybe like first or second grade. And I was in gifted art with a bunch of the older kids. And I was thinking, wow, I must be talented if they're letting me be in this special art class. Well, um, after I got out of elementary school, I was never shown that special attention in middle or high school. Um, and nobody really ever like affirmed me and said, Jen, you're a great artist. In fact, when I was in art class in middle school and high school, I got C's and B's and I'm totally an A student kind of person. And I just thought, man, I must be mediocre. Like I must not be an artist. And so art became something that I just did in private with the Lord, just in my secret place. I have journals that I would, um, draw and paint and sketch and doodle and just, I had tons of art journal type things going on and I just never felt like I was an actual artist. And then a couple of years ago, I felt compelled by the Lord to start an art Instagram account where I just would post different pieces of art that I had made with captions that were prayers or captions that were scriptures, just to create a visual representation of some of the revelation that the Lord had given me. And um, I started it and it, I called it Saints in Light. And I was blown away by the people that supported me and encouraged me as I, um, as I posted. But all the while, I had this fear 
And the fear was that someone who was an actual artist was going to come and find me and call me a fraud. I just imagined this really mean artist just pointing their finger at me and saying, Jennifer Zetrauer, you are a fraud. You are not an artist. Like, who are you trying to fool? What are you trying to prove? This is not art. And I guess it's because I've never been technically trained um, with a lot of art stuff. But I feel like the Lord just totally came and washed away that fear. Like, even if some jerk does come and point their finger at me and say, you're not a real artist, who cares? Like, if I feel like the Lord has called me to create a visual representation of the beauty that he's done in my heart, then that's subjective to what I, like the Lord is speaking to me. And it doesn't really matter what some mean art critic that I've made up in my mind has to say about it. So... I wish I could have told young Jen, don't even worry about it. Just go for it. Just paint that painting. Just draw that sketch. Just write that song. Just just go for it. Like, stop waiting. Another area, though, and man, this one just hits deep. When I was in my early 20s, I just really, really, really wanted a big prophetic word. And every time we'd have... Um, somebody prophetic come to our church to speak. I was just hoping I would get called out by name and some prophet would call me out from the platform and say, Jen Zetrauer, God is calling you to be an influential voice to the nations. You're going to sing, you're going to paint. Everyone listened. <laughs> like I wanted to, this is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to her moment. And, and it never happened. All of my friends would get called out and get these really awesome words about how they were called to be missionaries and evangelists and worship leaders and pastors. And no one was calling me out or telling me anything. And in my heart, I knew, and I still know, like I am called to change the world and I am called to have a voice. Um, but I just never had that big prophetic moment. Um, all of the words that I've ever gotten about me changing the world came in the secret place, not in front of anybody, not from a platform. And you know what I want to say? If you feel like you're going to change the world and God's put something in your heart to do, do not wait for this big prophetic word moment, because maybe the Lord wants to reveal it to you in the secret place. And then maybe he'll confirm it through leaders in your life as you go. But if you feel something in your heart to, to do, to change the world, just go for it. I would shout it from the mountaintops if I could. Um, another area that I want to talk about just going for it is within the context of dating. One of my really good friends um, and big sister figures once um, was kind of checking up on me to see how I was doing in life. And I was just talking about how, you know, this was a few years ago. And I was like, I don't know what kind of career I want. And I just can't wait till I get a husband so he can work and I can just, you know, live my life and maybe be a stay at home mom or, you know, and I, there's really, I love that idea still, but I kind of had this I kind of had this perspective of my life was going to start once I got married. And my friend said to me, Jen, 
you are not a princess waiting in a tall tower for some prince to come and save you. And then your life is going to start like, yes, those things are going to happen. God's going to send me a great guy and I'm going to have all of those desires fulfilled, but who knows when that's going to happen. And I can't spend my life waiting around. Um, like I used to even be afraid to pick a career path because I was like, well, what if that doesn't fit in with what my husband wants to do? Well, we can work all that out when that happens. But right now I'm a single person and I've got bills to pay. (laughs) I've got a mouth to feed me and my cat, Lucy, and (laughs) it's just us and God. And I can't wait until I meet a guy to start figuring out these things for myself. I am a capable person whom the Holy Spirit dwells in and he's given me power to do all things, including getting a job and providing for myself and taking out the trash, which I hate. Can't wait till I get married. So I don't have to do that. Um, but (laughs) in all seriousness, I just, I felt like I was waiting around and I was offended when my friend gave me that feedback. I thought, what does she know? (laughs) But the more I thought about it, the more it all started to make sense. I can't wait for another person until I do things like my life is, has, I'm not waiting for my life to start. My life has already started. And so I've got to make the most of it and just go for it. Um, I've talked about this on the what's next God podcast once with my friend, Laura Pickard, but we talked about, um, whenever it comes to even just the house that you live in, um, as a single person, I used to not really buy furniture and stuff for my house because I thought, well, what if I get married and whoever I'm with doesn't like this pink furniture and these flowery rugs and curtains and stuff? Like, what about that? And then I just had this this phrase that I would say, just buy the couch. I'm not waiting until I'm married to start investing in the things that are going to bring me joy. Um, I'm just going to do that now. And so I want to encourage any of you listening, if you are in that season of life where you're single, um, you know, use your financial wisdom, but just buy the couch. And I say that (laughs) figuratively, whatever that looks like for you, like stop waiting around for this other person and live your life. There's so much experience that you can have now. Um, so whatever this area, whatever area of life it is for you, I am giving you permission to just go for it. Whether it's that thing that you really want to do and you're not sure if you're very good at it. Hey, maybe, um, ask a couple of friends their opinion. Like maybe you want to be a worship leader. Um, you know, maybe get around some people who can sing and try to sing for them and you know, get their feedback on if you have a good voice, take some baby steps, you know, maybe you have an idea for a business you want to launch and you're not really quite sure how to do it. And you haven't really necessarily had anybody, um, like affirm you in that area. Um, or you haven't gotten that big prophetic word from the platform. Like I was talking about, talk to a couple of trusted people and just go for it. And now here is Jen's tip of the week. 
Um, this week, my tip kind of has to do with quiet time. And today, my tip is about how to read the Bible every day. <laughs> my tip is my favorite reading plan for my quiet time is reading the Psalms. And I don't really even know where I learned this, but it has stuck with me for the past few years. And so the, the Psalms reading plan is to read five chapters of the book of Psalms every day. So the way that you go about it is every 30th Psalm you read. So for example, on June 1st, I, or July 1st, I would read Psalm 1, Psalm 30, Psalm 60, Psalm 90, and Psalm, um, my math isn't great, I'm thinking it's 120. <laughs> so I have been doing that for years, probably two or three years, um, and I know the Psalms better than any other place in the Bible. And I just have a very soft spot in my heart for the Psalms because probably because I'm a songwriter and I can connect with King David and a lot of the other psalmists in that way, but also because they're just so emotional. There's highs, there's lows, there's days that I'm reading that I know all of the Psalms that I'm going to be reading are going to be full of despair, the kind of like, where are you God kind of Psalms. And on those days I have to supplement with a couple of happy ones. If I'm being completely honest about that. Um, but I love reading the Psalms. And so a lot of times, I mean, it changes throughout each season. You know, if I'm doing a devotional book or if I'm, I have a reading plan I'm sticking to in an ideal world. And let me just be completely transparent and say that I don't do this every day. Like, don't get this wrong idea of me that I am the perfect quiet time, everyday consistent Bible reader. Um, because though I want to be, I'm not. Um, but in a perfect world, I would read five Psalms, um, or so five chapters in Psalms, one chapter in the book of Proverbs, which you can also do every day. Um, two books from the new Testament or not two books. Whoa, that would be dense. Um, two chapters from the new Testament and then two chapters from the old Testament. And then that way you're getting a very rounded scripture reading. Um, but a lot of times it's just the five Psalms and then whatever I'm currently reading at the moment. So I say all that to say for the next few weeks, um, my Jen's Guide to Quiet Time is going to revolve around some of my very favorite Psalms um, because I just love the book of Psalms so much. And over the past few years, the Lord has taught me so much from the book of Psalms. So that's my tip of the week. Um, so it's every 30th Psalm. And maybe I can even put together a chart of <laughs> what that reading plan would look like every day. So if you want to see that chart of what the Psalms reading plan will look like, check out my story. Um, I'll put it in the highlights and you can find me on Instagram at jen.zetrauer. is Jen's Guide to Quiet Time. Today, we are going to be looking at Psalm 23. Now, when I think about reading scripture, I think of it as 
instead of just like a normal chapter book that you just read, I think of it as one of those children's pop-up books where you're pulling up tabs and whenever you open up a page, there's something to um, uncover. And hey, maybe it's even like one of those kids like toddler texture books, how you can open up a little flap here and there and there's a piece of silk. Like when you're reading the Bible, um, the more you read it, the more it comes to life. So Psalm 23, I have heard this scripture or this passage of scripture my whole life. And it's just kind of like one of those scriptures that I'm like, oh, I've heard it. But over the past few years, the Lord has just been like un- unveiling so many hidden gems in it. And just creating experiences for me with this psalm. Um, a quick story I'll share about it is one time the Lord even like gave me Psalm 23 as a tool when I was trying to share the gospel with someone. So um, the Ramp School of Ministry takes a trip to New Orleans every year for Mardi Gras to do street ministry and outreach. And um, I like to go every year, though I'm not a student anymore. Um, I like to go and help out. And this past year, Um, We were doing street ministry one night in New Orleans on Bourbon Street, and um, I was sitting beside somebody with um, a sign that said dream interpretation, and um, a sweet girl that was in her 20s came and sat down with me, and she's like, hey, um, I'd love to get my dream interpreted, (laughs) interpreted, and um, so she told me that she had this dream that... um, Every night she went to sleep and she was beside these beautiful still waters and all around her were mountains and beautiful things and even little shops that she would go in and buy whatever she needed. And, um, I told her that what I thought that that dream was referencing is actually Psalm 23, which that, which says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. And I could quote the whole entire thing. Um, thanks to a very powerful Eddie James song called Psalm 23. I told her that is what the dream reminded me of. And I felt like the Lord wanted to be that place for her, that place that she goes to at night in her sleep, where she has everything she needs from these stores. And she's led beside these still beautiful waters. That's what the presence of God wants to be for her. And she was like, well, I want that. And so I just led her in um, a prayer, um, to ask the, uh, to ask Jesus to be her savior. And, um, I gave her some resources after that to help her on her journey in discovering Jesus. And, um, I don't share that story to brag about an experience of evangelism, but now every time I open my Bible and I see Psalm 23, I think about the time that, I heard about this young woman's dream and the Lord literally was showing her that he wanted to be that place of quiet waters for her. So today, um, Jen's guide to quiet time. I'm going to read Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So for this week's Quiet Time Questions... Here are the things I would like for you to ask yourself. The first one is this. What does it look like when I lie down in green pastures? The second question is this. Are there areas of my life where I've been walking through the shadow of death? What evil have I been fearing? And the last one is this. I want you to imagine that the Lord has prepared a table of you, or I want you to imagine that the Lord has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. What does that feel like to eat at the table of the Lord in front of all of the things that are coming against you? And I love to end every episode with a prayer. And this week, I'm going to pray for you, the listener. So Lord, I just ask that you would cover any listening ear today with love and peace and with the goodness of your Holy Spirit. I ask that you would prepare a table before them in the presence of their enemies that their cup would run over, and I ask that you would give each one the revelation that goodness and loving kindness are chasing after them. I ask this in your name. Amen. Well, I hope you have enjoyed Jen's guide to just going for it. If you'd like to connect any further, as I said before, you can find me on Instagram at jen.zetrauer. And as always, the quiet time questions and scripture are in the show notes. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll see you guys next time. (laughs) 